Hi, welcome to A New African Mind, a podcast about mental health for Africans and anyone else who's African at heart. My name is Petrina Edusei, and I'm your host for this podcast. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as MBS Care. That's MBS Care, M as in mind, B as in body, S as in soul. And my website is mbscare.co. You'll find a lot of helpful resources on mental health on all these pages. You can send me a DM, ask me a question, give me feedback. I would really appreciate that. And um, as much as possible, try to keep it clean, professional, and respectful. Great. So now let's delve into it. This first episode is basically going to explore mental health in Africa and the factors that influence the state of mental health in Africa and even Africans in the diaspora, those around the world, because we carry who we are wherever we go. So you may have been brought up here and you moved out or you were brought up by parents who grew up in Africa. Um, I think it's it's in the blood. It never really leaves, <laughs> right? Okay, so let's start off with awareness. The fact that there is a lack of awareness um, when it comes to mental health. And this is not just an African challenge. It happens, you know, all across the world, but it's also significant here. A lot of the challenges people face are always associated with things like um, spirituality. So there's someone sitting in front of some pot calling your name, you know, doing things to you. Or it's given a medical explanation, right? Very rarely is mental health awareness something that people have access to or people have been exposed to. It's very interesting because often I'll ask people, what do you think mental health is? And nine out of 10 times I get responses like, oh, you know, madness, people walking on the street. Um, As for me, I don't have any mental health problems or I don't need to, to be committed, right? And it's always the extreme mental health illnesses that are thought about as soon as you say mental health. And I usually use this opportunity to explain to them using this analogy. So if I'm to say physical health right now, or I'm to ask you, how do you improve your physical health? Or how, how would you suggest I improve my physical health? You'll hear responses like exercise more, improve your diet, meditate, so on and so forth, right? No one automatically assumes I have diabetes or I have cancer or I have, you know, some debilitating illness. And it's the same thing for mental health. It exists on a spectrum. So really, mental health is just the health of your mind. It can range from things like feeling stressed, trying to get over a heartbreak, or the loss of someone or something valuable to you, all the way to the the more serious ones like clinical depression, schizophrenia, um, and other personality disorders. So this awareness is severely lacking in our community. The understanding that um, anxiety can make it difficult for you to sleep at night. Anxiety can affect your appetite. Depression can do the same thing. But when it seems like there's no explanation for it, we turn to religion. And I'm going to talk about religion because religion is a very big one in, in the African society. Now, what I'm beginning to see is very interesting because there's this age of like millennials going into the Gen Z era where people, more and more people are becoming more aware of mental health and its impacts on their lives. But now there's this big disconnect because you have this generation that has become so aware dealing with a generation or generations before them who are still struggling with awareness. 
And so there's this clash. So for instance, um, I saw this very funny clip. I think it was a reel on Instagram where there was a guy lying in bed and then his mom walks in and he goes, I think I'm depressed, you know. And automatically his mom goes, depressed, do you pay bills? Do you, do you have responsibilities? Do you have children? You have time to be depressed. Will you get out of bed, my friend? You have no worries, you know. And this, this mindset where you have to have a right to be depressed, you have to have a right to have challenges, exists. So as I mentioned before, there's this disconnect that is making it challenging because you have the struggles that you are feeling that you are aware, you know, have to do with your mental health. And then on the other hand, you have to deal with a group of people or someone who dismisses what you're going through because they don't think that's what it is. That can even be further frustrating. So that's an interesting you know, way awareness is playing out in the African society. Another way we see awareness play out is even in the manifestations of some disorders. So let's take clinical depression or depression. Oftentimes, the way it's depicted to us in movies and TV shows is you see a person lying in bed, they don't want to get out of bed, they're still in their pajamas, sleeping. And so because we hardly see this in our societies, we think that um, depression is not something that we struggle with. Again, it's a white people thing. But what people don't understand is that in the Western world, there are certain resources that are available to people, things like um, Medicaid, Medicare, things like welfare or unemployment support, right? But here we are in the African society where a lot of these resources don't exist. So we have a lot of high-functioning depressed people, in my humble professional opinion, because one of the symptoms of depression is irritability, and soon it can even look like aggression. So you have people who are waking up, taking care of children, going to work, showing up in church, but lack of motivation, lack of energy, they're really struggling inside, but they're, in quotes, high-functioning. So when there isn't an awareness of how some of these disorders can manifest culturally, we assume that they don't exist in our culture. There's a lot more I can say about awareness, but I'm going to move on to stigma. There's a lot of stigma surrounding mental health. And as I explained before, the idea that when people think about mental health, the first thought is severe mental illness. Then if a person shares that I am struggling with my mental health, there's this fear that I may be branded as somebody who needs to be committed or put in an institution or someone who needs to be taken to a prayer camp to be prayed for, or someone who is unstable. It's really such a shame because I share that um, we have perfected the art of, I don't know if I should say hypocrisy, or looking like we're okay when we are not. Because a lot of people will rather suffer in silence and admit that they have this challenge. Stigma is making it difficult for people to reach out for help. Stigma is making it difficult for people to even accept help when it's being given to them. Stigma is leading to people taking a lot of medications that they shouldn't be taking. They're treating symptoms. So depression comes with symptoms such as um, difficulties with sleeping or sleeping too much, eating too much, or not having an appetite. So people are treating surface-level symptoms as opposed to what the underlying issue is because of the stigma surrounding mental health. 
again the idea of going to see a therapist you know people use the word shrink and it's like oh you're going to talk to someone because there's something wrong with your brain and your brain is not functioning properly nobody wants to be thought of that way i will talk about the history of mental health and what happened in the past to create the situation with stigma right because initially when mental health disorders were being treated it was the extreme cases that were being dealt with and so that's what shaped the field of psychology so it makes sense that over the years this is the notion that will be passed down but i'll give more details about that in subsequent episodes now let's come to religion because this is one of my personal favorites i think i'm going to do an entire episode on this because I know there are religious buffs out there that might want to crucify me, but I will choose violence today. We have a lot of pray about it. Someone is doing you. This auntie of yours in the village doesn't want you to, to, to perform well in life. So they've mentioned your name at some pot. And that's the reason why you're having difficulty sleeping. That's the reason why um, you have heart palpitations or headaches all the time. Religion has done us a big disservice. Now, what do I mean by this? Because I do subscribe to a religion. But the problem is that when religion is practiced outside of humanity or spirituality, it now becomes a set of rules, ideas, and beliefs that you have to live by in a certain way. So even in the face of evidence that's contrary to what you know, you still reject it. I know people who feel a sense of guilt when they come and see me because it's almost as though they don't believe that their God is capable of curing them or helping them out. So there is this conflict of why am I seeing a mental health professional if I have God? But that guilt doesn't exist around the medical field because if you have a broken leg right now, and I were to say to you, very religious person, let's believe God to, f to f snap that bone right back where it belongs. <laughs> I'm sure you'd cuss me out and say, take me to a hospital. We can still pray while I get the necessary things done. And it's the same thing for mental health. Talking with someone through the challenges that you have is very important. A trained professional, because you have the counselors in the churches. Because a lot of them don't have formal training, there's a lot of damage being done. Because what most of them are doing is passing down their own personal beliefs and ideas to you. And those beliefs and ideas have been passed on by someone else. But one of the things about speaking to a professional is because they have gone through training and gone to, to college for what they do, they're even able to recognize when their personal um, experiences are being triggered in the session. So you can speak to a professional who's having marital problems and they are working with you and your partner but are able to guide you to use healthy coping tools. Instead of saying things like, hmm, as for men, that's how they are. Oh, my sister, let's pray about it. Or oh, as for women, you know, they like to complain. So sometimes you just have to, you know, say this and say that to make them happy. Band-aid type of approaches, microwave solutions, quick fixes. And the interesting thing is that people tend to have these issues, whatever issues they have recurring when they speak to people who haven't been formally trained. And I'm not saying that this is the case for everyone who hasn't been formally trained, but 
majority of those who have not are unable to guide people and share healthy tools with them. So I'll leave this here and let you guys wait for the the episode on religion because we are really going to go into it. We're going to keep it real in the episode on religion and that will be coming pretty soon. Finally, I'll talk about available professionals. Sometimes people contact me on Instagram and they say, oh my gosh, I didn't know we had psychologists like you around. I didn't know that there was this here, but there are actually quite a number of us. The interesting thing I found is that in as much as there are a number of us, we are nowhere near enough to serve the population that actually needs guidance and support from us. I have a lot of people who have reached out to me from the diaspora, from different parts of the world. Africans live in different parts of the world because the challenge they're facing is that with working with professionals there who are not people of color or who do not understand the African experience, it becomes very difficult because now you have to explain why when your father said you should go and study engineering, you didn't argue with your your dad. Like, excuse me, in an African home? Who's paying your school fees? You know what I mean? So there's this chicken and egg situation where it's like, is it that we don't have enough available professionals? Or is it that there aren't enough people who want to go into the field? And I think it's a bit of both. Because up until now, a lot of people believe that you can't make a a stable income or a, a stable living by being a mental health professional. People haven't realized that this is an area, it's, a, it's an area that there's so much need that yes, you can build a career on it. If you're young and you still have the opportunity, and when I say young, I don't mean age-wise young, but I mean energy-wise young. If you're young and it's an area you are considering, please go into it because we need more professionals in the mental health space. So many more. It's gotten to a point where with some of us, we have waiting lists because, um, other people that we refer to also have waiting lists and there's so few of us around and there are so few of us available to be able to serve everyone out there. So it's important to encourage the young people in your lives, encourage your siblings, encourage your friends to go into the field of mental health because you can actually make a very decent living being a mental health practitioner. These are some of the things that I want you to think about, you know, factors that affect mental health for Africans. How many of these pertain to you? How have you been impacted by these things? These are questions that we should ask ourselves. These are conversations that we need to have to create awareness, you know, with with our parents, with the generations that come before us. If you want to engage with the older generations, be very mindful because that can be an exercise in futility. The person has to be willing to hear you and understand you. So be very mindful who you decide you want to engage and convince about the state of affairs of mental health and create mental health awareness. But don't give up. Again, this podcast, A New African Mind, is something you can download. um, You can share with friends and family. Ask them to listen because there's so much to learn here. I'm so excited about this journey. I'm so excited about this first episode because I believe that we are going to curate the experience that's on here you guys are not going to be just passive receivers of what i have to say i actually welcome messages that will suggest topics for me to discuss so thank you so much for listening i hope you've learned something in this podcast till next week stay safe 
and continue to create a new African mind.